Kyron Burnt. Kyron's an automotive photographer who ended up on my radar solely through his work. I'd certainly admired it through multiple media outlets, but really zeroed in on him through his work for Speed Hunters. Finding him online is easy. Seriously, just Google it. It's K-E-I-R-O-N-B-E-R-N-D-T. Search that and you'll be overwhelmed by the combination of both volume and quality that he's been producing over these last years. He has a photographic style that you really can't deny and an eye for those moments where we all wish we had a camera in our hand. It's the behind the scenes, but from the front lines. So however much sense that makes to you, that's kind of how I see it and how I feel about his work. So it's a super quick episode, which is partially intentional, but mainly based on a jam-packed day that I had lined up while I was in LA for Radwood late in 2018. The upside to interviewing him while in California was certainly an invite to one of the coolest workshops and workspaces that I've ever been to, race service. It's a hub for a lot and seemingly confined by pretty limitless boundaries when it comes to the work that they do in the creative and content world. It's here that I met Kyron for our chat. It's also where he helps out with creative and communications. They're another name you should really Google or search on Instagram or hope to get a shop tour from. You can catch a few photos from my visit there on the Bucket Seats Instagram account. So check it out. Anyways, we're back at it and I do hope that you enjoy. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. Okay, do another little check for me. Check, check. That is perfect. Okay, great. Um, all right. Okay, so I'm back with another episode of the Bucket Seat Podcast, and I am uh, I'm at the Race Service Garage in LA, and I'm sitting across the table from Kyron Burnt. Right? I got it yeah, right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you got it right. There. Awesome. Uh, Kyron, I, I came across Kyron through a bunch of different um, avenues. Um, he's a photographer, an automotive photographer. He's also working on kind of the creative and communication side here at Race Service, uh, or for Race Service, I should say. Um, and in, in amongst all of that, your name comes up uh, on Speed Hunters all the time. <laughs> um, you can't uh, you can't miss it. Um, a friend of the Bucket Seat Podcast, uh, Dave Thomas, who's been doing a lot of writing for Speed Hunters recently too. Um, it seems like you guys have teamed up on mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff, yeah. and that was kind of our Canadian connection. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm here with, uh, with Kyron and, um, and, and I'm, I'm pretty excited because it's not often I get to talk to other Canadians when I'm not in the country. Uh, so welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into kind of what you're up to these days, um, in a few minutes, but we're going to start with, um, kind of where I start with all my guests and that's at the beginning. Um, so, uh, what was it that got you into cars? What was it that inspired or hooked you? I don't, I don't know if I can say I had a choice in all, in all the matter at all. Um, my dad was always into cars. My uncle was always into cars. Yep. Um, my uncle still collects a bunch of cars. Yep. And my dad had, I think it was an Opel Astra. Okay. And I remember going for drives in that. And it was a European this and had some little tweaks done to it and stuff. And it yep. was hand-built motor and so on and so forth. Cool. Um, but I, I remember going to Ferrari days at the track back in South Africa and doing those kind of things. Oh, cool. Um, my uncle has a 930 turbo, slant nose, all the bits and pieces. And, you know, so that wasn't really a choice. My dad had old Fiat's and oh, crazy. stuff like that. Yeah, so, so it's like, you know, born and bred. Hang on. I'm yeah, just going to- a little it. bit. Just gonna adjust your mic a little bit right there. I'm gonna put it right there for Perfect. you. Um, yeah, so yeah. you were born into so it. So it wasn't really, and I remember my dad even having a motorcycle and going for rides and stuff like that, like me pushing him down the street when the battery was dead and those kind of things. So I mean, it was it wasn't really a choice. It was just something that I always 
enjoyed, but I never really had an avenue to really get into it. Like my, you know, <laughs> yeah. my uncle worked for for these cars. My dad did the same thing, but it was never really a thing that I kind of, kind of considered as any kind of career. Cause I was like, oh, cool. Maybe it'll come later in life. Like, <laughs> you know, buy some cheap cars and work on them. Like my dad's old cheap, like Fiat Abarth and stuff were. And oh, that, was, cool. that was the way it kind of came about. But Interesting. And so you touched on something that I, um, I thought I kind of knew, but I, I kind of forgot about until you just mentioned it. So, um, were you born and raised in South Africa? Yeah. So I was born and raised my great, like great, great, great grandfather on my, my dad's side, um, was like one, like flew on, came down on a ship. Like they sailed down from Germany kind of thing. And okay. my mom said it was like UK. So it's like, yeah. So all from way back in the day. So yeah, hundred percent African. Oh, very cool. And then you, uh, and then did you immigrate to Canada from yeah, there? Or? So in end of 2008, 2009 ish, we went, um, to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada of all Woo-hoo, places. And yeah. Was, I mean, it's a hotbed sh- for cars. <laughs> it was uh, cold. I mean, you just don't know where to look. I mean, it's like a lot of places, right? Like kind of like yeah. Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, that was interesting. I'm it definitely, you learn a lot about yourself in a place that cold and that flat and that boring. And yeah, that's a big change. You start to appreciate, Africa. yeah, you start to appreciate like certain cars because you're like, oh, that's a Honda Civic. Cool. Yeah, right. Or a lifted truck. It's sweet. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. wait a minute, all wheel drive. What are you doing yeah. with Subarus over here? Exactly. Yeah. They, exactly. Make a, they make a lot more sense at that point, too. Um, okay, cool. So, I mean, you came by it very naturally. Yeah. Um, when you were, uh, when you'd moved to Canada, um, did you get your, like, was that your first place you got your first car? Um, yeah. Know? So I moved when I was like 12. Okay. So definitely so, yeah. Canada. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I was, it was different being raised in South Africa because things were just different. Yeah. Um, you know, parents like the cars and so on and so forth, but I never had a PlayStation or like any kind of video game console until I was, you know, 10, 11 or <laughs> nice. so, yeah, which is different these days. Yeah. And I was at PlayStation 2 and I got Gran Turismo something or other for it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then I got like some of the FIFA games and so forth. But all my other friends had uh, had N64s and had the PlayStation 1s. And I remember playing like Colin McRae's Rally Cross on PlayStation 1. Yeah, very and cool. So I'm kind of leading into that because when I came to Canada, there was like nothing. And I remember like the first things I did was like I got a job because in South Africa, you can't work until you're certain like 18. Okay. Just, also, it's unsafe and certain things you can't really go out when you're younger. Yeah. Um, and here it was just like, I can get I can get a job now. So <laughs> I think shortly after that, I got a job as a newspaper delivery guy. Oh, cool! And so I'd ride my bike, and my dad would help out in the winter, and we'd do that together. So that was great, and that kind of inspired me to kind of go and buy my first car like right away as soon as I could. Okay, but and know. it and it was what was that first car? Um, so right before that, I actually went like RC cars and stuff, so uh-huh. I kind of like changed it. So I ended up being uh, a four hundred dollar car. Mm-hmm. off an auction yeah um it was like a garage keeper sales act or whatever like a car was towed and left in a towing spot and oh it was yeah like auctioned off after a certain time yeah so we'd go my dad and i would go to these things a group of my dad's friends and they would buy some like cheap honda civics or whatever there was sometimes you got lucky and got like other cool things but for the most part you would buy like a, you know an 800 dollars car or a 400 car yeah. that needed nothing and you would fix it and sell for five grand yeah right? okay like, you know yeah. adjust a little thing or do an oil change and sell it yeah um and so i found I just almost like a joke. There was this hideous. It was hideous. It was like a 2000 and I want to say 2004 um, Chevy. What's those? Cavi- Cavier? Ca- the Cavalier? Cavalier. Oh, Cavalier. Yeah. And it had a Duraflex <laughs> body kit on it. Though. Oh my God. Yeah. And okay. it had 18 inch some random rip wheels uh-huh. and no tires. This was in the snow too. So it had like these summer tires that were just like destroyed. Yeah. Um, it had 80,000 Ks on it. Oh, though. wow. So that's pretty so fr- still fresh. But the real kicker was <laughs> is that. It had like full stock interior, but it had dual Magnaflow exhausts. Uh huh. Okay. And it was manual, so right. It was a pile. Yeah. But it was like four hundred bucks, and I kind of laughed at it. I'm like, sure, why not? Like, yeah, there's that's some fun in that. So I ended up like putting a different trunk, like fixing the trunk because it was something that was smashed on it, and did that. 
um, replaced some other odds and ends and ended up just, I think, buying stock wheels and tires for like 200 bucks of a scrapyard, putting a new <laughs> battery in, like putting it through the registration and safety process. And I just sold the thing with like, it was $3,200 Canadian plus an iPod touch in its box with its receipt. <laughs> I won't say the demographic of the guy who bought it, but I think we can all sit down and think about that. And that's, pretty, that's pretty and funny. And then he drove it up to Dauphin, Manitoba, which is like a six hour drive, I think, or something like that. So nice. I, you know, and then shortly after that, I went and uh, my dad had loaned me some money to buy an Acura Integra. Okay. And nice. between that, yeah. I had some Hondas and stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah. I like it. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's funny because it leads me into a question that I know wasn't very long ago for you, but what was the what was the cool car everyone had to have when you were in high school? So that was, I graduated 2015, right? So that's not long ago. No, it's I not mean, at all. Oh my God, that's so crazy. I lived, I lived in a tiny town that was 40 minutes or so out of like a, of Winnipeg and it was really rural, a lot mm -hmm. of farming. So we had a lot of farm boys, everyone had snowmobiles and dirt bikes and, you know, lifted trucks and yep. stuff so a lot of guys were into jeeping if you weren't you were into like hot rod stuff so like every, okay. like, i have a good friend who has like a fox buddy mustang yeah and it's all beat up and he's got a really nice one too and so on and so forth but for me i was always you know my integra was kind of cool to me because it was just like a it was a special edition but the s fell off so it became special edition <laughs> but it was nothing special really about it so i mean it's just like slightly little tweaks and tunes but you know yeah there was not really there was a truck right there was like the truck to have but i mean anything that wasn't the regular generic car like a lot of the people just had like civics where their parents you know gave them so i mean living in a country town like that you had like suburbans and old like tahoes and right so it was really anything different but i was always i had my eye on e36 m3s oh yeah so yeah. that's I the think, jam yeah yeah well it's funny that i mean that car even for me in high school if i'd known about it it totally would have been on my mm -hmm. list but i i just wasn't aware i i grew up in such a tiny little town yeah. too that my exposure was very limited. And if you can believe it or not, the internet was kind of just a new thing at that time. <laughs> Man, you're older than my dad, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it was 4,000 people when I grew up. Yeah, it was nothing. Right. Okay, so then from cars, though, I mean, I, I'm following some of your photography. Um, there's obviously a real passion. You've got a very particular kind of style and, and a look that I, that I really enjoy myself. How did you get into photography? kind of just happened really it was kind of like one of those things i was in i don't remember how old i was or something like that but my dad always shot film just occasionally like he never really had a digital camp just till recently oh cool um but he never he used to just have tons of tons and tons of old pictures of like myself my sister my cousins like all of us kind of growing up just doing things it was it would take it out to go like on a train ride old steam train ride and he would take his film camera and take pictures cool and so yeah, i think it was like a minolta i have it in the back here somewhere x i want to say x 700 i think it was it was or m7 something like that it was an old minolta camera mm -hmm. and that was the kind of thing i used to play with and get in trouble for and yeah i remember he had this little garfield film container that would open up and was like super it was like to me it wasn't it was like super cool but apparently it's like super limited hard to find because i lost it oh no <laughs> yeah, yeah. i left it on a plane somewhere i don't remember where but it's on a plane somewhere in west jets so but yeah it's okay. it's gone now um but yes yeah, so it was like that and i kind of just tinked around it was like this is cool and for me i always wanted to become a pilot of all things oh very cool um, yeah and it wasn't just a commercial it wasn't anything it was it was helicopter for the military and that was something i wanted to do but something i yep. was, was like yeah, this would be cool to fly. Mm -hmm. That was kind of whole kind of thing, but I wasn't really set on it. And photography for me was more of just a hobby. Yeah, on a film, I never really took too many pictures. I would go out with my sister when she had art class and be like, "Need help?" So I'd do that. But it quickly turned into um, me writing for small newspapers, and then I was like, "Oh, I should buy." camera on my, mm -hmm. my own so i bought like a canon rebel t5i mm -hmm. and then i started writing for like a local newspaper and then some like bigger newspapers and then online stuff and then from there i met bradley brownell met the uwa guys when they were still like i think they had 
was it like nine thousand followers or something like a little like a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember them talking about Brian. I think it was Brian's M5 with a fish tank in it. Something like I think <laughs> it was like way. It was before then even. It was like episode forty-seven or something like that. So that wow. was it was a good connection. I started asking questions. We got connected there. So that was a super good like enforcement. But at that point, I already had my T5i. I already had a Canon 5D, and it was mm-hmm. kind of just going about just kind of like figuring it out and like. I remember Bradley being like, me hitting up Bradley and being like, hi, Brad, like we're friends. Like I never really met you. Um, I'm going to a race in Wisconsin for IMSA. Can you get me in for credentials? And he's like, yeah, oh, cool. no problem. Well, that's like, very that was nice. the first kind of thing. So it was, yeah. he was like one of the first little gateways. Um, same with like Donut, with like these guys here. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, it kind of just happened in a way, but it was like a long, a lot of hours, a lot of hard work and a lot of time, a lot of money chasing it right so you gotta you gotta start somewhere so every last dime like i have a newspaper thing and then i worked on a farm mm-hmm. you know it was just yeah so it's been a long journey it's, it's still going yeah i was gonna say it's a grind but it's not that long of a journey because no. you're really not that old <laughs> it feels like I, I get out of bed in the mornings and i'm feels like i'm shot yeah well i mean on, on that note so um your travel schedule is it looks like it's kind of wild i mean you're all over the place yeah, i mean you're based here or you you know you you have your home base in winnipeg still uh, you're out here a lot, doing a lot of stuff with these guys out here. I mean, what does your travel schedule look like? It really doesn't have one. Like I was, uh, I mean, I haven't been on a plane in a couple of weeks now, which feels weird to say because <laughs> there was, I mean, this year I've almost touched every single state. Wow. Um, wow. No kidding. I've, I've gone to Toronto, Mont- like Quebec, Montreal, um, Saskatchewan, like Regina, Saskatoon, Vancouver, Edmonton. Like Calgary, I've been to all the big ones this year in Canada so far. And was that all for shooting? Like yeah, shooting stuff like that. Yeah, and like cool. then I can like kind of go around racing. So I was fortunate enough to do a lot of Formula Drift this year. I touched, I think, two IMSA races. Um, missed out on Formula One just barely, unfortunately, but there's mm. timing. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of working for the speed hunters or working with people like race servers and stuff like that, like there's always stuff like content. So I can be like, hey, Patty, like Patty McGrath, editor, um, and like one of my mentors and stuff like that. He's, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go here. These are some cars I found. He's like cool have at it like nice so you know i'd fly out to toronto for example and i was you know, sitting in toronto shooting some cars but some people never got to really meet dave until sema but i was out there for i think it was a month it turned into a month it was supposed to be two weeks oh but wow crazy yeah because the freedom i'm just I was able to kind of like circulate so i met arthur um arthur from vibrant mm-hmm. I remember arthur from toronto is his instagram mm-hmm, mm-hmm. met him and those guys and it was just kind of like the, the freedom of that um and then i ended up in ocean city <laughs> ocean, what were you doing in so ocean it was city? so mustang kyle um oh yeah Kyle, yeah. yeah that car um yeah that car <laughs> yeah it was very well known online yeah when he first started building the car i mean i know dave's been talking to him the whole time from the beginning phases of that build and for mm-hmm. me it was like i saw it i saw like the first generation of it maybe just over a year and a half ago now mm-hmm. and i was like hey, yo dude i love this car like i want to shoot with speed hunters and i just started shooting for speed hunters like consistently mm-hmm. i was like this is this i gotta do this like this is he's like yeah no problem hit me up in toronto i'd love to it'd be sweet i'm like he responded like this guy's like <laughs> you're like I'm, in, I'm, like, in. I'm like done yeah and, and so it, it was like back and forth back and forth that's what's earlier in the year it didn't work out it was like all these little bits and pieces and i finally lined everything up flew out um said my friend danny um danny danny was a porsche just gonna flug that because danny let danny say he, he, i stayed at his place for a month and he was totally cool oh and, wow yeah so that's super nice um, of him <laughs> so i met up with kyle and kyle was late i hope you listen to this kyle uh, <laughs> late to the shoot so we made do what we had but i wanted to shoot that car in something that wasn't grungy because everyone had shot that thing in grungy yeah and i was yeah. like this is boring so i was looking up like the week before like best place to in toronto i found like mm-hmm. university of toronto but i thought like police and parking and officials would be a bit of a pain yeah permits or anything like that so i ended up finding i looked up like drake's house yeah and i found like what well, his area in oak i think it was oakville um it has like the one with the basketball court and the pool and all that yeah stuff. And, and there's like, like bridal path and all those places yeah. all have these big so, ostentatious places yeah, so yeah i found that and i was like well this is gonna be 
I went down there scouting and it was parking. It was just cars everywhere parking. Right? And I was like, oh, dang it. So I found a house for sale that was by some of the realtor for 16 mil. Oh, and God. it was like by kit. It was, wasn't by Kitchener, but it was up by like, towards Barry area, like north. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up shooting it there. And so Kyle was super cool. We got off super well. He brought some of his like friends down. His mom just got like, just got off really well. And then we we're just chatting. Um, we were texting a couple of days later and he's like, yeah, I'm going to Ocean City next week. I'm like, I mean, he's like, he's H2OI. I'm like, for me, I thought it happened a while ago. But okay. I, you know, I'd been always wanting to go. I just wasn't paying much attention. It was on my radar, but it wasn't really like one of those things where I was like, this year I'm going. It was like last year. I was like, ah, oh, dang it. I missed it because it's not really H2OI anymore. Okay. Um, and he's like, if you want to come, you should. I'm like, yeah, I would love to go. I'm just not going to pay like, it was a thousand dollars or something to fly down there because it's like you have to hop like six different flights. And oh, I'm like, wow. I'm not going to pay for apartments or hotels right now because it's like such a last second. Yeah. He's like, oh, like, don't worry about it. You can just drive with me. And I was like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> oh, man. like, no one's driving with you? He's like, no one wants to drive with me. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it's uncomfortable. I'm like, well, it's just fixed metal seats and no cushions and like no, like, like no, no stereo, no AC, no comforts. I'm like, yeah, like it's only like 10 hours, 12 hours. <laughs> I like how you say it's only it like, could, it could be 30. Like, it could have been worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that was that wound up working out. So he drove down. I stayed on his, uh, him and his friend Kevin, I stayed on their floor in their apartment. <laughs> wow. uh, they had the condo thing they got, and that was fun. And, it was it was a good week, but yeah, driving that thing down was definitely. A, I'm super glad I did that because that was a great experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you are really grinding it out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that and respect it highly because yeah. I'm sure uh, everyone that you look up to probably started in a very similar way. I mean, on that note, who are some of the you know who are some of the photographers out there that you look up to and really appreciate their work? Like, if someone were um, trying to get started, like you were, if, yeah. you know, a handful of years ago. Uh, who would you look at um, right now other than yourself of course everyone wants to look at Kyron <laughs> so the first person I found really in the photography thing was um, well Larry mm-hmm. of course Larry took a photo <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the Larry. Hard, you hard to go anywhere and you know you can throw a rock anywhere in LA and you hit something Larry's done right um, it was Larry and then the first person I actually spoke to other than Larry because I reached out to Larry over email and he was super accommodating um, was uh Folk, Gil Folk, okay. Folk photography, and he does crazy, like cool comps and stuff. He's got those Ferrari F40 sold flat pictures, mm. and those, as you're sure you've seen on Petrolicious, he was super good. And he does work that, like, I would like to do, but in a different way. So, like, he does a lot of strobe work and all that kind of stuff, and like, that's not what I want to do. But it's like, I'm like, I look at it like, like pull certain aspects. So that was super good learning. And then Yair Ryan Davis, Yair Productions, he's he works at Race Service here. Um, he was one of those guys I always looked up to and kind of saw. And then you know Jeff Swart and those other guys. Yeah. Um, Jordan Lenzen, he's from Toronto. Mm-hmm. To Lenzen photo, I think. Lenzen photo, yeah. yeah. So he was one of those guys I always looked up and was shooting some races with him last year. Um, Marcel um, Agger from Germany. Okay. Um, man, this is a, I can just keep going with this list. There's <laughs> Connor Surdy would be stupid not to mention him. He does something completely different. Um, it's all he does cars and stuff, but his style is so unique. He now shoots with Starbucks. Um, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, Patty, all those guys from Speedhouse is always something. It's such a good little network hub. Um, which is it's so different because there's so many different styles of photography you can get into. Like my yeah. friend Noah, I look up to him because he does architecture, he does everything really, but it's like he does rooftop pictures and you know weddings and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you can look at it and kind of pull different aspects from it. So mm-hmm. it was always like I was like find a picture, I'm like screenshot, I'm like, I want to do that. You know, so many layers, <laughs> I'm like, I want to add more of this, more of that, like you know, just yeah. do things differently. So definitely Larry was a big shaper, but Year and the other guys as well were definitely like super accommodating, you know, help me grow. Nice. So I still do. Um, what about motion? Like, are, do you, do you have any aspirations to get into motion or, um, do you just, are you love in love with and sticking to the uh, still world? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been asked a couple of times to do a video. I've never really done video. I mean, I've done some stuff when I've, you know, someone's like doing something else so quickly, just grab a camera from them and do something for them. I like guess sure. I would say settings wise, in some cases, like 
oh, I so is this, and you know, you're, you have to stop to do that. Like it's you know, just playing around, but there's all there's so much more of a video side, yeah, um, that you have to that you know think about. And so for me, it's not something I'm really interested on because there's just nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. It's cool. I can get some really cool shots. And get yeah. Some, but I'm like, I can show motion in my pictures too, in a yeah. way. But it's it's different. So there's, different, there's something there, but there's nothing I'm actively looking to get into. I've been asked and been pushed certain ways. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Cool. I, I, it's, I totally hear that. I mean, it's so very different, mm-hmm. but because this is a podcast and it's audio only, it's like the second question everybody always asks after they find out that I do a podcast. They're like, oh, do you do the video for it yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, because I mean, I work my day job. Um, I work in advertising, doing ads for big car companies, and that's almost all motion. Yeah. And the amount of production, pre-production and post-production that goes into video versus what I'm able to pull off with audio is just so substantially more than what I want to dive into. Yeah. And I'm like, I like the simplicity of this, and I like the simplicity of not having to learn something new. And I mean, for you, it sounds like that's in a lot of ways, like going into motion, there's a whole other world that you have that's to big. learn. And yeah. um, I like um, I like being a specialist. So it's nice to hear that you're well, going to stick to uh, to still as well. I'd be stupid not to mention, because I, I dropped out of college um, and got hired, I kind of got poached, kind of got hired by a company um, in Canada, a big automotive company, Birch Automotive. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. So I worked for them doing like blog stuff, writing, shooting. And then they ended up doing some like testimonial videos. Like some, so, so all like super straightforward stuff, but I hated those things. It's like the worst <laughs> things. I was like, like I have to deal with like car salespeople, like are super cool, some people. And the other ones are like the classic car salespeople. And I'm like, I know you're lying through me, to me through your teeth right now. Like, Absolutely. So that was a good, that was a great place to work, great place to learn for some things. Other things I was like, well, it was a good learning experience. And that was that. Yeah. So, um, okay. So tell me, can you talk to me a little bit about race service? And, um, because I think, uh, if anybody's listened to the DWA podcast, um, they've probably heard, um, a little bit, but, um, since you're here, um, and we're here now, actually, um, give us a little bit of background, like what's, what's happening here. Yeah. So just for the record, because nobody can see this. Uh, it is such a cool space. I mean, everything about it, I walk in and look and I'm like, there's no way that like, you know, with the cars that I just saw outside, it just doesn't look like the typical shop that you would walk into. And I know that it's much more than that. So maybe you can elaborate a bit. Yeah. So, I mean, Racer has been something that James, Jake and Andy and those guys have all been thinking about for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, kind of like, like kind of a dream for the pipe stream from years ago, being like, how cool would we have a race shop and so on and so forth. Um, and Jake's family, the Edgedanian family, goes way back. Indy car, so on and so forth. I think they won an Indy, Indy 500 race in, I think it was 1951. Oh, no I kidding. I want to say that. I think it was the year. So any of the 98 cars you'll see, like, go to the Peterson right now. Like, if you go to Peterson tomorrow and look, look in there, you'll see that I think that there's a battery, well, something or other battery company. But it's, it's those cars, the, the white car with the, the blue stripe and the yellow stripe. Uh, the, sorry, not the yellow, the red and blue okay. on the white car. You'll see them, and they've got the hand late gold on them. And yeah, so that's so that they came from the Ascot Park. That's okay. Jake's whole family, the wow. whole thing. So then Jake ended up being an agent of Wasserman for a short period. And now, you know, kind of got into the whole thing. And James, James hails from Portland, kind of thing. And he was he did his whole he did a bit of racing, did that. He ended up at GoPro. That's how he met Art. Uh, and did the whole motorsport thing at GoPro. Okay, and yeah. Then ended up um, kind of ended up a donut. All these guys kind of came together, became friends beforehand. Um, Andy shot skating. If you go look in the OG, like things of Thrasher, you'll see something Andy did. <laughs> oh, no and way. Andy has such a crazy, like his, his eye just is so different because he comes from such a different background. He'll like, come to look at my film cameras and he'll make fun of me for shooting film all the time. <laughs> People are like, oh, well, film, blah, blah, blah. I hate film, but but he shot film. So he always like, asked me questions. Like, not when no one's looking, but he like, see my new camera, like, 
this F1, like that's you start talking film. So that's super cool. So he's and you know, and so I can learn so much from him and those kind of things. So everyone has kind of a different background. So those are the things in the air as well. Grew up with James and they kind of ended up here to do his own like freelance thing and then came doing some freelance for Donut and other things. And now we're all coming together. And we're currently sitting in um, Nico Ornamental Conifer's studio here. Um, he's in Tokyo right now doing Deus, a Deus show. Oh, no way. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. No, this studio, like, I mean, it is so. It's exactly the kind of studio that I, I picture myself having someday in terms of it's just general cleanliness and organization. It's, just, it's white yeah, it's and all, has tools on the wall and yeah. each of the tools are in the correct order. Yeah, his hat's hung up. And, it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's perfect. So uh, yeah, race service was kind of like an idea of like, how can we play with race cars, hang out with our friends <laughs> and like look cool doing it in a way? Like you don't <laughs> yeah. want to be like, you can be like dirty and raggedy, but like how can we have this? We can turn this into like legit business. Yeah. So those guys did it, they you know created this whole thing and made like opportunities for people like me to come in and start to help and start you know figuring other things out and get more involved and more immersed in something that was growing. So it, we're all, it's almost a year old. We got the keys end of December, middle of December, end of December last year, just after Radwood. Um, I remember sitting down with James on a little coffee shop in Melrose talking about this and because he first spoke to me about it in I think it was Petit Le Mans last year. He kind of said, hey, I have this idea, yada, 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 because um, I had met them when they were at Donut. Mm, um, cool. I met Jesse, one of their shooters, and then I ended up shooting some stuff with them at Luff, just like bits and pieces hanging out and kind of just like helping out when I could just because I just there was something about James and Jake and Andy that was just like, I'm like, these guys are different. Like, these guys are doing, these guys are making moves and there's something, there's some kind of like, I want to say, it sounds weird, but energy, but just something. Yeah, yeah, no, that, right? that totally were, makes and sense. And like, just looking at the, like, always seeing Yair and seeing these guys, what they were doing, I'm like, these are the guys, like, what the, what, what the heck, right? So it was, it was a very quick journey, like, that ended up, like, just taking us to places we've never been. So, you know, we've done, we built a Kia car, we built a Kia drift car out of a Kia Forte this mm -hmm, year. Mm -hmm. um, we took, four, I think, four cars to see, I want to say four cars, we all, well, three plus Complexicon. So we bought a three five a three four eight mm -hmm. um, with Puma, and we branded it up and put it down in Complexicon with GEZ and that for that collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bit of a Hot Wheels thing there too, but we did the whole Hot Wheels tour. Um, and Chris Chris Tur uh, Chris Forsberg and Ryan Turk also have kind of have their home base here. So we have two of Chris's cars outside, like if you can, three if you count the Baja car, <laughs> and then we have two of Turks as well. One is somewhere around here. It's not broken or something. It's Turk. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, pretty spectacular to see the you know the garage doors roll up and see those machines hiding behind there. Yeah. So I mean, the, the option we have is like we have a studio. It's garage space, so we can you know push a car into the fab shop, shoot a full episode, and you know activate on sponsorship. Or someone might come to us and say, hey, we want to build you know like Red Bull and Kia would be like. We want to build something cool, but it was supposed to be the Kia, so we have a Forte. Yeah, and we're like, sweet, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly. So we had, you know, we had some, all the connections in the industry from Jake and James and any of these guys have all been in it. You know, bringing other people, you know, sending the car down to San Diego for paint wasn't a huge deal. It was, or, mm -hmm. or sorry, for the motor at Martin, all that kind of bits and pieces. So it's been it's been wild. It's been the first almost year now. It's been it's been something. Yeah. But the team has grown. The team, it's you know. It's, Next year's gonna be nuts. That's all I can really figure out. <laughs> you know, we've got Luft coming up. We went, we went to the UK yeah. and we went to Germany with them. And oh man, yeah, so I, 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 I haven't experienced it yet, and I really want to. But um, but yeah, so um, this is like like I said when we started, where I'm kind of like experimenting with a bit of a new format. We're um, we're kind of 25 minutes in. Um, I want to leave some suspense for people to also be able to go and follow you and kind of see what you've been up to as well. So why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online? So. I use Instagram a ton. Yep. Um, so it's just going to be at K-E-I-R-O-N underscore because Lane always bugged about people like underscores. I'm like, I'm going to underscore my name. So that was way <laughs> back in the day. Um, so it's current, current underscore Barrent. Um, I don't, my website's kind of like in pieces at the moment, just being busy. But yeah, speed hunters hit me, like hit me up. Just ask if you have questions. I love getting more people involved because the more photographers, the more people I can learn from yeah. in a way. So, I mean, if you guys want to stop by, like just hit us up. 
It's awesome, so, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I really appreciate being able to have the uh, the quick chat with you while we're here. This is so awesome. Yeah, um, by, man. And uh, so you guys have been listening to the Bucket Seat Podcast. You can find me at the Bucket Seat on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I never use Twitter, but it's there anyways. Um, and keep sending me all your questions and uh, episode suggestions at trevor at thebucketseat.ca. Uh, and keep listening. So we've got lots of shows coming up in uh, this is season three. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, to make it uh, another conversation when you're in Toronto someday. Sure. Um, okay. We'll try to get Dave Thomas in, and we'll oh, no, uh, not Dave. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll have a uh, we'll have a little roundtable back in Toronto on uh, on some home turf. But um, Kyron, thank you so much yeah. again for well, being thanks. on the show. Thanks and, for the opportunity. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you for the uh, the shop tour too. Um, everyone should de- definitely check out uh, Race Service. Um, this is one of the coolest places I've been in a long time. So appreciate it. Um, cool. All right, man. Take care. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Thank you.